Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. The internet audio. Yeah. There we go. All right. We got him. <laughs> the legend uh, in the house. True. Mr. Robcom himself. Where's your mic, man? You don't even have your mic next to you? This guy's so unprofessional. I am. <laughs> um, that, that's me too, for sure. I'm doing good. Definitely. Um, it, made, it made it through. I, in fact, I'm at a phase where I go back to work now. Um, so I have a little stop in Oklahoma on my way to the, uh, to England to appear um, in Hannah Three. That's that Amazon show that Hannah Two, you know, second season I was in that uh, just finished coming yeah. out uh, recently. So lucky to have uh, good work and to still have good work. Uh, so believe me, <laughs> I, I'm blessed. I know it, and I, I wear it on my sleeve. Well, as we are oh, also good. recording this the day after an election that seems to never end. <laughs> yeah, about that? nervous. Um, my sister is a, uh, she's a little bit on the inside of one of those super important blue ring um, suburbs of Philadelphia. So she even had a look yeah. at the rolls and stuff. I mean, she's a poll worker, but also um, it's not a council person there. What is she? She's a not an alderman, a commissioner of the township of, uh, of Bryn Mawr, right? Oh, so wow. she's kind of had a look, and I think um, Pennsylvania is probably going to do better than it seems like it might. So that's a key insight. Uh, they just, they just kind of were calling it toward, uh, you, know, or, uh, you know, news outlets are calling Wisconsin Biden uh, just now, too. So, um I'm not breathing a sigh of li- relief in any way, shape, or form. But, um. No, uh, I went. I went camping last night in Malibu, right? Like on the up by uh, yeah. Leo Carrillo. This guy's from California. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, I haven't been camping since I was like 14, so just that alone. But <laughs> I didn't have service, so I got there at like 6 p.m. and I left at 10:30, so I didn't know anything that happened, and. I guess I would have expected to not have satisfaction, but oh. leaving and just seeing like everything being a mess was. Honestly, was, you're lucky, bro. That's a gift because I was just up in my apartment. My um, roommates went up to Malibu too because uh, they were like, I'm not trying to be here if Trumpito wins. And I'm just sitting in the apartment with my dog on the couch, staring at the screen, slowly spiraling. And so he's <laughs> over to come in. And I was like, this is bad. No. I got to get out the house. I, I know. <laughs> so, uh, so unusual, you know. Gosh. I remember, I, I remember like Bush's second term, right? Uh, when he gets elected, there was some guy at the preschool who was, uh, you know, real, a real prick about it. Like, you know, because I, I was lost and all the other liberal seeming parents uh, bemoaning this, bemoaning that. And he was like, <laughs> just to see like raw pre-Trump <laughs> Republicanism was pretty scary enough. Yeah. Um, and you add the Trump yeah. factor and throw in a pandemic just to fuck things up and an uprising in June that still 
hasn't been historically categorized. Um, so uh, I'm all in surviving it. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, we don't need to dwell on that too long. It's <laughs> we still clearly all more. terrible. And we right don't on, right on. Well, one of the answers is just to keep people thinking about <laughs> sports and comedy and entertainment. So, you know, some of that's a self-justification because that's what I do. Um, but I've told myself that long enough that I'm starting to feel like maybe I was onto something. Like, no, you... Uh-oh. Now, he's a frozen fucking hell screen. look how important it is you guys so thanks for your contribution yeah we'll yeah try. That's we, a so professional transition i was telling chris that we met on the golf course which i think is a great way to relax and yeah, get away i literally didn't because we everyone shows what masks on first of all for those listening if you don't know who owen burke is he golfs every thursday he's invited me for some reason three or four <laughs> times and it's all these like amazing actors, and then just like me, who they're like, "Why is this tall guy here? Like, why, why is Slender Man part of our group today? I don't, I don't understand why." And uh, why is Slender Man? But it's everyone's got masks on, so I I can't really tell who's who. So I didn't even know it was you until I can just see a twinkle in the eye, and I'm like, and then it literally didn't even click for me at all. I swear to God, until I said. Angels in the outfield, and you got real excited, oh, I was and then I got real fist excited. I was like, oh shit! Somebody brings up angels in the outfield. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, because uh, you know, and that'll quickly lead us to you know why you're so kind to invite me on your show. Um, but I know you guys are out there, and I'm I'm there for you. That I want you to know all these years that it's meant so much to me. The rare and yet regular occasion where some guy would come up and either segue from young guns into angels in the outfield or just come up with that already right on his, his mind. So um, you'll explain to me what happened. I can probably add some insight, but um, I think it left a really lasting impact in the way only a few of the movies that I did uh, did. Well, well, yeah, I got. You obviously know that you've had bigger impacts in other movies. Yeah, because like, us God. just telling people about because I I tell my girl every time we're about to record mm-hmm. uh, who's going to be on, and this is the first time she ever lost her goddamn shit. Yes, yes, I told my writing partner she responded in all caps. I was like, "What should we ask him?" She was like, "What do you mean?" She was like, "You have." To talk about best friend's wedding. Yes, well, it, it, it is <laughs> Holy a competition, shit. you know what I mean? And I'm still on the field, you know. So, you know, some sports have kind of a shelf life. Um, not to even equate this to a sport, but it is, you know, you are trying to, I don't know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, like, sports and like one of those survival TV shows. You know, you can also outlast them. But the why I why I pause is because there there is a different absorption for different types of projects. And so when we're on the golf course and you happen to bring up Angels in the Outfield, unless you'll be real with me, did you already suspect it was the guy that played the sort of bad dad in that movie? And so you brought it up. 
<laughs> or did it come up? Uh, that's exactly actually not. That's actually exactly what Rob. It, that's what all, hit him, bro. He was all, like, "Oh, bad dad, bad dad." First of all, I have my own dad issues. Everyone who listens to the podcast knows this. It comes up every single episode. That is true. Every single episode. But I, I legitimately always reference pop culture like every two minutes. So it just happened to work out that way. But the, Chris, I don't know if I told you, but I, I literally hit a ball like I. I hit a very bad ball like I did a lot that day yeah. that went into the woods, but it popped back into onto the course like someone just picked it up and threw it out. And I was like, that's some angels in the outfield shit. And, and then literally he just started like dancing. And I was like, why is he doing But that's how I feel about this movie. Um, because it, it creeps, it creeps up on me that way. And, and uh, you flat out said it, guys who are precisely your age that have father issues. <laughs> this movie meant a shitload to them because I didn't, I didn't write it. It's only about four scenes, but it, it knocked you guys right in the whatever, the balls or the heart. or it, But I know it left a mark. And so that's what I mean. I'm here for you, man. You know, I've, I've been here all along. That's so fucking you know. funny. <laughs> The penultimate or, deadbeat dad of all. Yeah, deadbeat I mean, you dads. had you had the Harley, bro, and a leather jacket. I was like, damn, yeah, that the dude. Styling. Is, like, that dude what? definitely was gonna leave you, fam. Like, how you do you have like that a nine year old anyway? I was like, JGL, you just gotta eat that. Like, that guy's not gonna be there for you. <laughs> Before we lean in, though, Brianna will literally murder me. She told me to say to ask him. Brianna Porter wants to know how does Julia Roberts oh. smell? What? What? <laughs> what? She's obsessed with Julia Roberts. She's obsessed with Julia Roberts, bro. And this podcast is slowly two things. This slow podcast is slowly becoming six degrees of separation of new girl because you are also Mr. Fancy Man. And I was watching that whole story arc while I was writing today, and I was like, damn, Dervis did a lot of yeah. shit that I fuck with. Hey, well, I, was like, I think this um, there's, a crazy. Really, uh, there's a really good scene, of course, where Jake Johnson. Um, is describing what I smell like on that show. So I, yes. I, I didn't tell Brianna, yes. um, but I understand the question. It comes up a lot. Um, but I can also reassure her that Julia, you know, is exquisite in every way and uh, remains that way to this day. And um, that's best as how I can answer that. But can you imagine? Um, you can imagine what um, even just her hair would smell like if you knew her. So, yes, it's the so the answer is yes, without being too, you know, inappropriate or descriptive. She's going to freak out. She's going to lose her fucking mind. Glad she's not, glad she's not that yeah, see? Ah, you got to keep it that in the pocket. Ball. That was a curveball. Uh, all right. So back, back to Angels in the Outfield. How did you get involved with well, this? Well, I game? have to admit a couple things before uh, I answer that. I haven't seen it. Since it came out. You haven't out. seen it? <laughs> right. So, I mean, I'm... Out. Okay. What, <laughs> I am. I also admit... <laughs> I have never once no, watched but it. but that's sort of part of what we're talking about. Um, because it was on, like, family rotation in so many households in that particular era when people had VHS tapes on the shelf by the TV in their house. So, that turns out that was just an mm -hmm. exclusive period of time but it contributed to that absorption factor that a few roles that I had in those years had because the young preteen kid was sitting there watching the same thing over and over, which you know doesn't happen today. They'll play the same video game, but there's so much choice that you wouldn't 
see one movie six times necessary, right? Um, But so I didn't do my research. I I haven't seen it forever. I really didn't have time to even like look it up on IMDb. What year did it come out? 94. Yeah, 94. So interesting. So that means we shot it in 1993, which was a very turbulent year to think about just Los Angeles in that year. If it's between riots and earthquakes and um, Biggie Smalls on Wilshire Boulevard, you know, this is a really effing weird time. Um, yeah, OJ trial was 93, yeah. I think, 94. Yeah, lots going on. So I, that helps me put it in my chronology. But I think it was one of these movies that I'll tell you, um, that was still kind of in my first cycle which which might have come to an end then if I'm starting 86. I don't know. I was really... You had some bangers in that first cycle. Yeah. Incredible, really. Incredible. So this one was an offer for a studio movie, small part. I remember thinking, oh, well, it's only a small part. So, you know, your mentality when you're in the game is different, you know, over time. Anyhow, I, I don't think that same way now I'd be precious with that part now. So you have some like rewrite yeah. regrets, you know, not that I was ever inappropriate or didn't know that I was lucky to have it, but um, you know, it felt like kind of a big, small deal at the time. But so then it took me 10, 15 years before of, of all the movies that was still like a go-to movie that people would, arrive to me with you know i mean that they would um, approach me with in their mind you know they'd bring it up to me when they say excuse me uh, you know a movie so that's when i started going wait a minute <laughs> right. uh, i knew i was going to be in a in a that's cool movie, movie sports a movie i was all into it at the time danny glover and tony danza in the same movie was big stuff so i don't want to rewrite it but yeah. some of what i do having to look back is wishing that i valued even the shorter experiences uh, somewhat more while i was doing them I, I think that might just come with age um you also had a lot of scenes i mean your scenes basically all had joseph gordon levitt young jgl who in there is like one of the biggest movie stars on earth now too and was just a child <laughs> like a terrible child actor i disagree because he was popping as a child actor. he goes he goes he mean? goes where are you going dad where are you yeah, going and obviously just... the disney thing is not his greatest showing but like my man no, i mean in this movie in this also movie. the same my man's been murking it as a child actor bro like before he's got old enough to well, not look 12 let me tell you about joe levitt then because i've only run into him once or twice in that intervening time if you can imagine um so i had the most amazing vantage point to watch his career traject from there he'd already been on um third rock uh, to uh, or third third rock to the sun very popular um sitcom yeah. right there at, at that Great time sitcom. yeah yeah um Peace. but there too i have since worked with a bunch of kids put a little asterisk i don't mean nothing against anybody but you look back and realize wow that kid was super talented he had a good family going and so forth because since then sometimes you don't most of the time you don't get so lucky um that the child actor is as good as you want it's just really super hard to cast those kids anyhow i knew at the time that he was a real actor and i really enjoyed him and then so of course it was just 
Monty, for me, when I saw his career take off and he works with the greatest filmmakers and got collaborates so nice. I mean, I, I think he's fantastic. So, um, yeah. 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 But he was 12. Yeah, and what was that? 20, um, uh, 30 right then. Yeah. It was Loki. I, I went back uh, and before I watched it again, looked at the IMDb, and it is absurd the list of people who the are cast in this is movie. crazy. This cast makes no sense. It's crazy. A yeah. young ass Matthew McConaughey. You got Christopher Lloyd, yeah. Adrian Brody. I did not remember until I started watching it. I yeah. was like, what the fuck? You got Hugh, you got Neil McDonald in here. Like this this is just the most stacked Disney movie yeah. that I have ever it, seen. It's amazing. So whoever's behind the wheel of that, casting those executives, you know, really props to who who was spotting talent in those days. So McConaughey is a good example. I, I wasn't there for any of the baseball shooting. You got to figure, of course, I'm just in the drama part on the side. So I came in for a few days. Typically, they'll shoot all of your little locations. Maybe it's a courtroom in that little house in that street and stuff. Um, all pretty much in the same days and then pack you off. That's what I've been doing ever since then, you know, but the guys that are in there really, uh, really earning their, uh, earning their, the SAG uh, do, you know, SAG pension are the, guys, the kids that are gung ho and they go to baseball training and they got three weeks of this for two lives. And then, you know, you're like in the background in the movie and all that time. <laughs> that you absorb it and you learn. But I didn't know who Matthew McConaughey was until about two minutes later when he also came off. I'm like, wait, wasn't that the guy <laughs> from Angels in the Outfield? <laughs> yeah. How did he get by me? <laughs> there's, like, there's like Oscars among this cast, right? The, the, like, yes. Like quite yes. a few. A, a fair amount, sir. <laughs> fair amount, yeah. A fair who amount. Do you we <laughs> got... Uh, Conahay and right. Brody both right. have one. I think JGL might have one just for association from um, one of the Dark yeah. Knight movies. Like, so that's three off top. Christopher Lloyd have something? Who knows? Uh, yeah, who knows? Uh, yeah, it's crazy. So you in the so you haven't seen it since it came out. So do you remember like the plot very well? Like, what do you what do you remember about it besides your specific um, parts? Yes, he did. From what flew over the cuckoo's uh, nest. Right. So, <laughs> yeah, five that's Oscars incredible. In really, <laughs> um, uh, is it William Deere, the director? Just to double check me the name. Yes. Yeah, yes. I have since run into him one time and uh, couldn't. Th you know, had to just stop his train and say, "Excuse me, I got to thank you so much for that." Um, so he was instrumental in, you know, one thing I remember is here again, I wouldn't be shooting the baseball stuff. So it turns out I was not there when Tony Danza was working. So really ultimately it's to save money on the production. They got a huge ass trailer sitting in the parking lot, not being used. So on the days I worked, they put me in Danza's extra double wide, like length long satellite life <laughs> <laughs> trailer i'd never seen anything that big in my life so um you know what i mean so the thing's kind of in a weird proportion i remember training with guys i knew hell's angels um they knew a couple of these directors and they were the first ad and security team on young guns deacon was one of these riders cisco valderrama were their names you could look them up on young guns probably better than you could they'd be deep in the 
you know, technicians' credits. They might be technical advisors. Anyhow, them. So I'd worked with them about six years earlier, and it turns out the same bizarre crew of, like, film-loving Hell's Angels was on Angels in the Outfield, and they taught me how to ride that very heavy, very big bike um, in a parking lot in Oakland around around cones and so forth. So can you picture me, scrawny, you know, 30-year-old, trying to look like I'm with the glasses and this, but really... You know, the anyhow, uh, I'll never forget that and grateful to them. The only only one other time was I asked or, or necessitated that I be on a motorcycle. So I remember both of those as being full on uh, white knuckle experiences. I had no love for that machine at all. Fear. Deep fear. <laughs> and, uh, the scene you're talking this is about a cool, this is where I pull up in front of his little, uh, you know, projects like house, right? That, that like, East Oakland, yeah. you know, neighborhood. I have to pull away on that bike, you know, to make the shot. So you do the shot where the bike's sitting there, and you're just sitting on it, and you talk. That part I can do, but they do need a shot of the dad pulling away. So I still remember. I think about it sometimes because I was nervous. I was really nervous to pull away on a big motorcycle that I'd already practiced. So I know Matthew McConaughey did all that baseball training, but I put in like an afternoon on a motorcycle. So I did my part. <laughs> hey, hey, you got trained how to ride a motorcycle by Hell's Angels. You, yeah, you can, you so, can brag about that. That's, the fact that yeah, I that's knew impressive. Them was even really bizarre that, that somebody's got to trace yeah. their. Uh, I've talked to some of the Young Guns guys. They they all remember this crew. So someone should try and figure out their story and how how they actually it'd be like sons of anarchy pa you know on your set right <laughs> a really cool mix so i'll never forget Wait, that either. a hell's angel a hell's angel AD you really gotta listen to out, um for real you really gotta listen to that guy uh, let me run out and grab a you know what i'm gonna have to move a little to plug my phone in uh, i got a charger right here one sec guys all good that's funny as hell. That's a crazy idea to even think of. Like, homeboy is moonlighting as an AD. He's a hell angel during the daytime. Yeah, what? <laughs> I don't know a lot about like motorcycle culture. Aren't Hell's Angels supposed to be like actually dangerous? They started as actually dangerous, and then they became like a um, just like a group. It's like a club. It's like a... so they don't like beat people up i mean i'm sure there are subdivisions of it it's like a massive thing now you know what i mean mm. like it's like a big global thing and so not how you like have like soccer hooligan groups that beat the shit out of people and there are other soccer hooligan groups who just find every soccer. opportunity to bring up soccer no one likes soccer. it's the man. most applicable thing no that's uh, not true literally nobody, all of the world likes soccer, soccer dude nobody likes soccer. all the world likes they soccer. like drinking you're wrong. in a stadium they don't like soccer. no you're out of your mind that's baseball you're confusing <laughs> <me>. <laughs> Baseball. baseball people don't like. Oh, I mean, there's more scoring. Oh, my bad. No oh, we're talking about soccer. Uh, you said you were filming in Oakland. Why? What was it, it in isn't Oakland? that you know? where? Because that seems like it's not anywhere near. No, Angels but Outfit, this though. isn't California. Angels, this uh, isn't Stadium. Anaheim Angels. This was this was the like the Oakland Angels. It was a it wasn't a real team. See, you're, you're still falling. Is that forward. is that real? Am I not? Did I, I think you may that? not have ever yeah, noticed no, it's that. Not real. 
You were paying attention at the beginning. When I you could be wrong. It. It's not real team. When they give the whole speech, where he gives the speech, what is I don't think he speech? says the Anaheim Angels. They're like they're talking oh, about the, the news yeah. reporter talks about the team. Then, then you know getting. what? They shot it up there in Oakland and uh, East Bay and uh, set it in in Anaheim. If so, you know what I mean. I was yeah. Again, you know, I haven't done my research. Yeah, maybe I they didn't say Anaheim. I, I just assumed it's. Disney owns the Angels they have for a long time, so I just assumed because they own them and they own the, the like Anaheim the Mighty Ducks. Theory. So I just assumed they have all the rights to use the actual team. But maybe uh, they well, let the something. conspiracy theory begin. You think Disney's <laughs> up to no good? Of course you they can are. Google it at home. <laughs> yes, yes, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. What doesn't Disney own? Honestly, is a better question. I right. feel like that's fewer. Right. Well, now that the, yeah, Disney's been basically killing off the fairy mothers all these decades, right? Um, you know, may, maybe the bad dad <laughs> actually has a place in the Disney, you know, Disney sphere um, that I played in in Disney one of their old on. properties. Um, here's something I also remember about the movie that I've always regretted is that I smoked the cigarettes. You actually I did. smoked I real cigarettes? I was a smoker at the time. I don't think I put it in, you know, but it, it was like key to the part. Um, oh, I thought you were just. No, it might have even been in the script, but those would be the very, very waning days of um, smoking in a Disney movie, you know? <laughs> yeah. 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 So there I was. <laughs> true, true. Not not a role model, but like a uh, I signified something to you know the boys that were your age when this movie came out. Um, so I, I I was always um, concerned that mixing um, you know smoking in with that was never a wasn't a good idea. That I could have been a bad dad without being a smoker. Can you believe it? That's what I thought about all these years. You know, I could have been an example of how no, not to, to be in a more wholesome way. I think there was actually a thing in this time period because I was just watching, um, was it uh, Dick? The, it's a movie about um, Watergate. But there was just a trend in this time period all the way up to the early thousands where parents were either like drug addicts or drunks and it was just played as humor it was like ha 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 their parents are always <laughs> fucked up <laughs> like what? they just are, like rolled out <laughs> with it and, like everybody was like ah it's hilarious they're quirky i was like what like that's a problem like these kids can just do whatever the fuck they want because their parents are blitzed all day long like i was like okay <laughs> never mind and they're the california angels it's not yeah that's but that's what they were called back specific then. they yeah. were called the california angels back then okay. i think they only became the anaheim angels like later, and then the the Los Angeles Angels like five years ago. Right. Uh, so I still contend that it was the real Angels team, but okay. who knows? They could have done anything because it is California. Uh, yeah, it's interesting that you're like you're like training with the Hell's Angels, but you're concerned about a cigarette. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they used to well, beat the shit out of people. I know. <laughs> like, now I I'm definitely going to watch it, and I love thinking about this movie. You see how much of it I just think about kind of on a regular basis, just flash through your minds or something. I see a motorcycle, I think, huh, you know, I trained with the Hell's Angels for, for an afternoon. Um, you know, it, it'll yeah. occur to me. So no one's ever really asked. That's why I'm also tickled about this. You know what I mean? Um no one's asked you about this movie. No, like, I, you know, almost, almost they never. Just, they just, and that's why too. I'm trying to explain to you. It's just you guys. 
I was about to say, I was about to say was it, it's just people like Rod who were like, oh, my dad was there either. What's up? No, first of all, it's a, it's a feel good story. Did you ever, did it's you ever, did, did you ever like go to like find a friend who's a therapist who's like, look, okay, so these kids keep coming up to me and venting to me about their dad not being there. I got to have some lines to give them when, don't when they know. come up to I'm me. I'm doing that now. You're capturing it live here today. I'm not here. my guilt about the smoking and it's all, it's all in here, man. You know, <laughs> oh, this, is, this is a character, Rod. He's doing this because you didn't have so, this opportunity. So I understand. Rod, I understand. how old were you in 1993? In 93, I was nine. Bingo. Bingo. So, yeah, nine, Bingo. ten when this came out. That's on the nose. So you, you are the yeah. demo. Oh, every and single movie ever. And about one and two and three years older than you, only men, both black and white, and that's who I mean. It's so specific to just one group. And I know you're probably yeah, I don't, not I in mean, favor the, the, that being time. categorized, you know, by a white guy. <laughs> no, but I don't care. I'm telling you, that's why, <laughs> that's why I'm telling you it's a real thing. First of, all, first of all, I'm sensing a plot twist in Angels in the Outfield where the Hell's Angels smoking shitty white dad comes back to adopt his son once he realizes he's been taken in by a black guy. He's like, nope, can't have that. He said, no, no, start, no, no, start no, the process over again. Start the process over again. He'll just win the pennant twice. We'll do, we'll do this again. Paul Joe Levitt. You got to make sure you can fit it into his schedule. He said, my racism is stronger than my need to be a third back dad. Yeah, let me tell you this. And, and speaking well, was, of uh, uh, who, who we haven't spoken of is the great Danny Glover, of course. So. Um, he was at a true height like of, a, of a you know multi you know multi height career um, when we were making that movie. So I was really felt like I was in the presence of greatness. And of course, if you know anything about uh, Mr. Glover, he's an activist from his childhood, from his parents' labor, um, you know, on the side of the working man, and, and has been like fist up in the Bay Area since the dawn of time. So he's really righteous. And I ran into him again when we worked on the Hallmark movie, Christmas Train. Don't miss it. They're sure to show it about 12 times um, this coming next month. Uh, but, uh, so it was really cool Christmas decades train. later to reunite with him, only briefly to say I was in that movie with you. And this is what he told me. He said he can still walk into a restaurant or certain rooms and someone will stand up and start waving their arms like a flying angel. He says they still <laughs> do it with him. So those are you guys, you know, and that, that, that's why this movie means so much to me is because it really touched people in a way that I wouldn't, uh, wouldn't have known about at the time, you know. Did you tell him? Damn, that sucks. You get the wave and I get people going up. Oh, yeah. My dad wasn't there either. the wave. I think I was able to share what it meant to me working with him, but um, now twice yeah. and, and uh, really a third time too. So we've checked in with each other about every 12 years and uh, he's doing good. Uh, um, and I was happy to tell him, you know, how this movie evolved and grew in meaning. It, to me, because of the people that would, uh, you know, on this weird, regular, but infrequent uh, uh, approach me about, you know, it stood out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that era was basically, because we've done a couple of movies from that era, but it's 
I don't know which one came first, but it's like the Sandlot, Little Big League, Angels in the Outfield, Rookie of the Year. It was like four baseball movies, and then they followed it up with like Mighty Ducks and and. Uh, no, I'll Little tell you Giants. how it went. It went like this. And There's a movie called. Um, well, what was Robert Redford's movie? The Natural. That was the first. The second, look it up and have me back for another chat. Long gone. Yep. It was the second movie HBO ever made. It was Baseball League in the 50s, set in Florida, Gulf Coast League. So fun, incredible movie. And I played the hot new prospect on second base. Oh, snap. Rookie to the <laughs> manager, Cecil William Peterson. Cantrell, played by the great William Peterson. Billy Peterson was like the old guy. Of course, he was only about 33 at the time. But that movie, you guys have a look at. It is an absolute gem. And it has its deep followers, too. And um, it, it, it is something else. Marty Martin. Davidson was the director, and he'd only done a couple of movies. I think he's probably gone now, but uh, bless him for casting me early. That was like my fourth or fifth little job that was that took off. And that one, I got to do what McConaughey had to do on Angels in the Outfield, which is go through intensive baseball training, which, you know, could have been fun for some people, but for me it was super grueling, really hard, <laughs> and I'll never forget it. I love that movie, so. Enjoy that. That's a great sports movie. And then after that was Bull Durham, and then all the ones you're talking about. It went yeah, in that I order. Remember Bull Durham? Yeah, and, but uh, I mean, I guess the, the dreams, ones I was talking about are like geared towards the kids ones. After Bull Durham, the kids I think. Feel the dreams will be the start. Uh, I see what you mean, but I'm talking baseball movies. That was the order of them in the modern age. Yeah, well then, yeah, you got to keep in. I, 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 gotta put a stake I in used the to get feel the dreams put a and stake in the ground for long gone. It's much appreciated, but underknown, and really did a lot for the rest of those baseball movies because they watched Marty Davidson's footage. Robert Elswit was the turned out to be masterful, probably Academy Award winning cinematographer. He was young then too, so I've always uh, um, remembered that movie. Long gone. Boom. I'm sure Eric probably is a huge fan of that. That would, yeah. You know, know. Eric Edelstein? Another New Girl Connect? Yeah, he was on New... But he's... I guess he's most... He's in a lot of stuff, but he's most famous for getting eaten on Jurassic Park. (laughs) Like, they they have... They have, like, a whole, like, guy in, like, a belly suit at Universal Studios pretends to be, like, him getting eaten. Yeah, being eaten. Yeah. only... I know it's... Or Jurassic World, I should say, the new one, yeah. I know what his contract says. It doesn't say anything about them giving him any money for being like portrayed in the ride. <laughs> they own you. Yeah. Sorry, Eric. This is true. <laughs> I know cabbage for that. He's my friend, you know. So do you remember any of the plot of Angels in the Outfield? What do you remember about the plot? I do remember a courtroom scene where apparently you were still allowed to smoke. In 93. <laughs> um, so it wasn't good news for uh, Joe Gordon-Levitt. <laughs> remember that? I remember they were way behind in the in the rankings and that there was some, uh, were they supernatural or maybe even heavenly spottings? Maybe that's out there in the bleacher seats or something, right? Weren't they starting to get a, oh, wait a minute. 
there was a little boy. There was a couple little boys, a white boy and a black kid, and they were both, uh, yeah. And then and then Danny Glover was in it. That's all. That's that's as good as I can do. That's all I got. That's pretty that's much like accurate. all the big points. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, you, uh, you the white at, boy uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, you Sauce had me Angels. At, uh, where are you going, Dad? Where are you going, Dad? Where are you going, Dad? Dad, where are you going? he says it so casually, like, where are you going, Dad? Dad? I knew, I knew he was going? crushing it that day. I remember it. I remember like sitting on the side, and I also remember he had a really nice mother and or father there. So yeah, um, yeah, good on. I I used to get this in Field of Dreams confused until I rewatched it to to do this because I kept waiting for them to say, if you build it, they will come. And I was what? like, the stadium's uh, already there. I was like, what are they building? I was like, the stadium's, the stadium's there. It's built. Like, when are they going to say this shit? And I was like, oh, wrong movie. Okay. Okay. That's on me. Yeah, I guess Chris, you were like born in 92, 92 right? 92, yeah. Yeah. So, 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 yeah. And so you'd be watching them this on the second go-by and catching them in a slightly different yeah, way. Yeah. I had it on VHS, but it was like a, yeah, it was like a, oh, look cool like you know like, like my mom was like put this shit yeah. on and, and watch it so you could go away but it's not it doesn't have the same effect to me also you know um rod this is one of his big things to bring up my i didn't i didn't have to ask that where were you going my parents got divorced uh, he was still there uh, uh, <laughs> my parents got divorced but i mean we i had that time. conversation <laughs> dad where are you going <laughs> dad <laughs> He promised he picked oh, me up know, after, yeah. the, after the Lakers won the chip. The, the funniest one I ever heard, the only time I had to pull a car over for laughing was Big Boy. You know him on the radio. He moved around stations all the years. Yep. But this wasn't that long ago. He, he was telling a story in an interview to somebody where his daddy hadn't seen him forever. And it's in the neighborhood. He, was, he said, he's so good. He sets up the whole scenario. And then his dad says, uh, now I'm going to go out for a pass. And he, he starts running, and the father keeps running, and he keeps running. And he turns the, turns the corner, and he's gone, and he never sees him again. And he told it so well, like it had actually happened, and then yanked the, uh, yanked the person. It's masterful. It, I don't know if it's like one of his routines or not, but I caught it one day. So maybe you'd find a – how would you find a, a random, uh, you know, radio joke from way back? But anyhow um, – what um what are how would you rank your baseball movies then of all the you listed uh, you know they all have their different impacts but uh, do you have favorites do you play favorites like well, that Sandlot. yeah i think the I mean, sandlot is clearly the 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 biggest Sandlot's one the numero uno. uh and then i would say angels in the outfield then rookie of the year then little big league in that order i think that little big league i don't know if you've seen any of these other movies i named but they all have like a crazy except the sandlot's just a real story I mean, it's a big dog, I guess, but it's basically just kids in the 50s. It doesn't make sense because there's a black kid in the group who like gets right. no hate in the middle of Ohio or wherever they're at, but uh, the rest of it's pretty legit. Wait, and you say and he the gets other three no crazy hate? premises. Right. No so hate. That, that in, the no hate. in the 50s, like, Ohio. Make any sense. <laughs> they let him swim in the public pool. This like literally was illegal. Oh, my God. <laughs> 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 he got through the whole movie and nobody it's so unrealistic as hell. 
Nobody yeah. said one word. One in drop. And there's the a lot of thing. a lot of insults in that movie, but not one. I insult gotta be honest. Him. My whole childhood, I was like, oh, this has to be the '90s because there's like there <laughs> okay, ain't nobody so saying nothing crazy. What's like, your just drop, running around, what's your enjoying favorite himself. Favorite insult from that movie. From that, I mean, the, the catcher will sit there and say a bunch of stuff. I forget what he he said something to the other team. I haven't watched it. When we do it, I'll prep more and I'll know. But he said something to the other team while they were pitching that I really thought was hilarious, and I can't. Of recall course, exactly my right favorite now. baseball movie um, after the several in which I appear is Bad News Bears, right? Because that was right on time for me. And that kid called the other kid a mm. booger-picking moron in that movie, and we never forgot it. It was so bad. <laughs> booger-picking moron. I still call I people that from that movie. Best insult, Jodie Foster. A booger-picking booger yeah, moron. Yeah, that, that, the, that sounds like a joke from 1976. That is, that is fact. You son of a biscuit-eating <laughs> bulldog. <laughs> bulldog. With the French toast. <laughs> With the French toast. With the French toast. I'm trying to think. You know, I, love I don't think they had a black kid on that team, though. Sorry. Jodie Foster, you know, they were gender no, progressive. No. And she's, uh, you know, she was a, I was a huge fan True. of her um, uh, starting then, uh, you know, right up through course. I mean, Jodie Foster did look like every other boy on that team. Uh, (laughs) They they all had the same hair. They all look like little Swedish children. So she blended right in. Yeah, but I would say all the movies, they all had crazy premises. But Angels in the Outfield, I feel like, delivered the best. Like, Rookie of the Year is when this kid tears his arm. And then when it gets rebuilt, he can throw, like, 100 mile an hour. Which is like nothing in today's game. He's just an average right. pitcher. But in 1994, it seemed like that was Wait, what was, what the, was the number? Getting a 12-year-old on the team. A hundred. Really like a hundred. He literally like he hits the gun and it shows a hundred. And they're like, put him in the big leagues. Yeah. <laughs> nobody can we do this. We need him. <laughs> you can't stop that. And then, uh, and then the um, little big league is like 13-year-old becomes a manager of the Twins. But he's actually like very like intelligent about baseball, so it's like it's like a baseball purist yeah. kids movie, because he's like literally like a like he's like hey I'm looking at the numbers the analytics say I got to bench it guy and then, and the guy's like you're 11 I don't want to hear this and he's like well I own the team too so you got to make a choice <laughs> you want to play or which one you want to uh, and or? wild thing don't forget about <laughs> Charlie yes major league is so f- a little story about major league the what's the black guy's name like uh some like african sounding name i forget what his name is he does the he does like the big balls dance when he hits home runs right <laughs> when he's running the first base he's, uh and the geico man yeah the, the uh, safe driver <laughs> safe drivers <laughs> uh but when i <laughs> pedro saro pedro yeah so in korea when i won my first championship there was a I, I hit a I hit a game winner and it wasn't a buzzer beater but there was like 12 seconds left and as I was running back I do the big balls dance from major league cuz I'm just like I'd never done it before and never done it since but there's so many pictures of me online like I look like a crazy like spider monkey with like just one hand up and one hand down and doing the full major league big balls. I know they used to just have to do it once and put a movie put it in a movie right and that now you do it once and it becomes a 
stiff and you, you know they'll get you the last yeah. forever yeah so, yeah sorry about that monkey the, the you know the big balls dance <laughs> I wasn't mad at it. No, no, no. It's it's yeah, <laughs> yeah, I wasn't mad at it. I'm glad this can still be looked up. There so are so know many I'm not baseball to be trifled movies. With. There's more baseball movies than any other sports it movie by to, far. It's Why ridiculous. You by it far. Is, I bet so you have many. a little more time to talk during the game. America's past. Uh, I think it's just was it was so popular. Baseball until basically the end of the steroids like home run race <laughs> until that lockout in like '98 was. Far and away the most popular sport in America. And it wasn't close. It's ridiculous. was not close. So, like, when I was growing up, my mom, was, she made me play baseball, and she, like, really never put me in basketball. And she's, like, she had this idea where she grew up that, like, if you played baseball, you'd be successful. If you played basketball, you'd end up doing cocaine with Magic Johnson. Yeah. Or some shit. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I heard that. I, I don't know. Yeah. I'm not saying that that's a fact. I'm not saying that's a fact. Oh I'm saying God. I believe that's I what my mom believes. I'm so I happy that I said that quietly. I... <laughs> Until it wasn't. Until it wasn't. <laughs> not, not everybody had Magic not Johnson money. Not everybody so had a good time. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Bless <laughs> Holy shit. Uh-huh. One nosebleed and shit gets real bad. I know EZ was probably there. Right. Anyways. Oh, uh, fuck. <laughs> too soon. We both said back to back problematic things. <laughs> I said one of those. I heard there fucks. was one big party with Freddie Mercury, Easy E, and oh Magic Johnson. Oh my fucking god! And they were all just getting real wild. <laughs> she got are. out of pocket. <laughs> he died. Um, oh shit! Uh, all of them did. <laughs> but yeah, baseball was just bigger than everything else for so long, and I think that the stories. Like really, like especially when you have stories like Jackie Robinson and Hank Aaron and all these guys, where they like the story of baseball tied into yeah. the story of America yeah. for huh. a long time, a long time. Now it doesn't really represent America at all. It's like the story of Cuba. Cuba. But back then, it was it was really like an American. That, I mean, time. yes, I know, and I know it isn't the same anymore. Um, yeah, so uh, th- that always makes me concerned about the talent stream too, you know, because then the teams start not being as exciting and then less kids play and then they get less resources and then they got shit less to do after school and the whole system breaks down. So, you know, sport brings a lot of fucking cocaine with Magic Johnson, but, you know, there's there's a lot of structure. <laughs> and, you know, it's all about the fundamentals, guys. And if you lose that what, at the school level and uh, up from there, I take that back. It's not cool to say like that, but you know what I mean? Um, we, we, <laughs> we all take it back. No. None, none no, of this is real. No. Stand by it. You trim out what you mean to trim out, but. Um, <laughs> What are you? Did yeah. you play sports growing up? I played up? soccer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Look at you. Look at you. Um, <laughs> Fuck you, Rod. I told you. Soccer. So when I, I was like second year into professional acting. When I mean I needed to train to learn how to play baseball, I really had to learn it. I played a little bit on the side yard, a little wiffle ball here and there, but never played baseball can catch anything uh, that's I, I got good hands and you even see it in the movie but i could barely get it from first base certainly not over to third <laughs> the throw the throw a baseball throw is surprisingly very difficult yeah. i always love seeing people who are like strong 
or like look athletic, try to throw a baseball yeah. and just whiff it. Yeah, it's, it's just the most really entertaining thing. What? Basketball. I'm, you know, if I was lucky, I was close to five ten, but I had three brothers, six foot, six one, so poof, right in my face all afternoon, every day after school. So I never got that figured out. Never got a shot. Couldn't even get a you know a clean fade away because I was kind of small, kind of weak. Um, so, uh, so, so soccer we're, works we're perfectly. Perfect. Yeah, 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 problem. Soccer. I only got as far as JV tenth grade, but you know GW High School, Alexander and Virginia champions that year. But I had to sit the bench and play the twelfth because. I had to go as far as the school board to get the uh, you know a, a waiver so I could go to cello lessons on Thursday afternoon and miss soccer <laughs> practice. Oh wow! See, do you play cello I, still? I, I still do. Hang on. Uh, hang on one second. One second. Let me answer that with this on Zoom. Cool guys, you back? Yeah, right on. Yep. What'd you yep. ask me? Yeah, uh, I still play cello, yes. which um, is also phenomenal um, to be able to do that. So maybe you know, I, I wouldn't still be. Yeah, anyhow, yeah, that's what I did in high school. Was like try and fit sports in, but I was really in the orchestra and had uh, rehearsals for this group and that. So that was it. I was in the school council, et cetera. So too, like a little too busy for sport, but I was also, once again, um, I wasn't the right size for a couple of the sports. Um, I didn't. When did you make the acting pivot? When do you go like, this is, this is what I, when did that bug? Well, really as a, as a kid, um, there was like a neighborhood, group that put plays on the, in the, uh, you know, in their backyard in the summertime. So I, I got hooked early. I really did. I did a couple of plays in high school. So you can't do a play and be on uh, yeah, uh, too small for football. It couldn't, didn't have a shot and couldn't play baseball. So I didn't have that many choices, but I've always been athletic. I've, um, the first play you, you, know, Rod, you saw me have a pretty good game, at least long ball on the golf course, but um, you know, I could always, get the other things done, uh, snow sports and uh, water skiing and stuff. But, you know, that doesn't go, go very far. What was the first time in acting you, you, you left what, like the stage or you left, if it was on camera, you were like, I, I fucking did that. I just know. Oh, gosh. It's, like, what was I the don't first know. Before? It's so elusive, that <laughs> sensation. I mean, at least in sports, you get a number. Right. Or some stats, something yeah. that you can, you know, really uh, count. So that's what that's what makes it an art yeah. form instead of, a, you know, ath athletic. And um, that's why I'm still chasing it to always try and get that feeling. It's tough. It has to be all the right um, conditions. Great script, other actors, directors, locate. You know, if you're on a crap movie, it's never going to happen. But you might have one afternoon where you say that line really good, <laughs> you know. And so you're like, you know, and then yeah, the next guy strikes out and you go sit down, you know? <laughs> um, so it's Tracks. very, uh, very cool. elusive. I, I remember a couple, obviously I've got peak moments of acting. I've worked with the greatest actors uh, or among, you know, the most great actors America could give you so that, 
the the dining room table with Julia and Meryl Streep and 12 other people in August Osage County. We shot that scene 22 minutes. It's in the film word for word. Took us three and a half days to shoot it. So that was like its own um, long haul, uh, you know, peak moment. Um, Early on, I remember finding my character in Young Guns, playing that character Dirty Steve, um, I only had a few lines, you know, line here, line there, but always in the group. And then like by the end of week two, I felt, I, you know, I can still remember, get a chill from that feeling suddenly in there too, because you're on horses, you're actually doing it. It's a different time. You're in a remote location. You start to actually feel it. So that is the bad, you know, where you're actually another person. Yeah. Um, so when that stuff kind yeah. of washes yeah. over you, it's supreme. Uh, that's what we all look for. The conditions are rarely ripe for that, you know. True. We do improv. Yeah, so exactly. the closest so I that's... can come to that is, that's how I met Owen oh, was through ECB, but uh, getting off stage and being like, that was, yeah, we just we just killed we it. Fuck that shit. Uh, up. It's we fucked that shit up. Don't yeah, follow yeah, yeah. us. Don't come <laughs> after that. Don't come after that. <laughs> That's just like be we were difficult. like we were in the zone. Like every joke was landing. <laughs> what you did? What you did with that pizza? What you did with that pepperoni pizza? <laughs> oh, 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 you killed oh, it. Oh, 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 yes, and um, uh, no, I know. And in fact, another peak moment for me, I auditioned for and got into the very exclusive annual improv comedy show at Northwestern University. So that was, and that was a formative because the people I met but also it led to an agent in Chicago that led to click 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 on the dial right um so um yeah I had two years in that troupe and um that makes you that helps you become a really good actor of course even if you're saying the other lines you're you're thinking on you know you're thinking on your feet and listening in different ways so I I always still flash back to those lessons and that value of uh you know, being ready to adjust or what have you. And it's just one of the things that's part of what I do. I was so lucky to get that experience with super funny college, you know, college improv troupe. Um, amazing. That is it. So, so the question I have, this will probably be my last big question, but I think you're considered to be like a sex symbol. What is it like being that where everyone who meets you like attaches you to I mean, obviously, people my age attach you to uh, angels in the outfield, but every the other person, every other, every other woman, is like my best friend's wedding, my first crush. Is that like, is that like crippling, or did you just have like a really cool '90s that we don't need to get into the details? And Magic Johnson was there. Yeah, you we don't got to talk about it. We don't got to talk about it. We don't got to go into details. Just you know, no. broad strokes. Just a wink and a nod. Uh, somewhere I do have an amazing picture with me and my dog and Magic Johnson at LAX. He was so kind to stop. Um, and that really is in, in, in his peak, late 80s or something. Black and white photo. So uh, really, uh, that's how I, that's how I see Magic so. Johnson, that he, he gave me a moment of his time and uh, you know all love and respect there. What was the question? Well played. Well played, sir. As a professional, in terms of being so-called, what have you? That the terminology you're using—it's been really, um, uh, really easy recently because I haven't seen anybody. You know, I I don't get anywhere. Um, There's been a little little pause in any of that uh, kind of hoo-ha. But I will say this: 
that I'm constantly recognized. Only about 80% of the time do the people know it's one thing or another, um, you know, what they know me from. Um, but the, uh, right. yeah. the knowledge that someone's, uh, see, you know, seeing your face or a lot of times even behind, you know, they'll turn when they hear me talking. So, you know, I have a, you know, interesting, a lot of actors have dip, slightly different varieties of recognizability or fame or celebrity, but those don't, you know, neither of those words really apply to me so much as like recognizable, you know, that's probably more apt or that's how it plays in my life. But what I want to um, say is that I've never been hassled by anybody ever. So if I ever thought, oh, I wish I played one more tough guy instead of always being so, um, you know, facey, um, you know, you know I, I, <laughs> uh, I can never complain because of the goodwill that has come back at me from those lighter roles or comedic turns and so forth. So, it's all it's it, it's amazing no one everyone approaches me or did when people could um with a smile so it's just it's just i'm banking it back and back and back so that's why i say what you're doing seems like you're just sitting there you know with microphones but you you are giving back from your experience and your sense of humor but um you know you're you're doing what you're supposed to do um same same as me so um that's what's up. Yeah, that's G. Okay. Yeah. I have one question. <clears throat> Brianna's was her best friend's question. Mine is, how old was your character? Because Cameron Diaz is 20 years old in my best friend's wedding. Are y'all are y'all like 32? Like, are y'all supposed to be no, in, in it, your 30s? Because she says back when we were 28. So I was no, like, Hold no, up. you What's got it a little here? bit wrong. Let me straighten. Okay. Let me straighten you out. All right, drop it for me. Ooh. Drop it. Drop it for me. Go ahead. He hey, you were in it. You were in it. Twenty-eight. <laughs> she calls out of the blue and says, "Hey, we're twenty-eight. We said uh, that's when we'll get married." So I'm calling and I say, "I'm so glad you called because I'm getting married to Kimmy." Ah, so okay. if they said Kimmy's twenty okay. in that movie. That must have been in the '90s when you know, like, twenty-year-old beautiful blonde women got married. Um, so you'd have to like update that too with a, with some of the wardrobe, um, but otherwise it totally translates. Um, so yeah, I was thirty two at the time. Uh, I, I, she's open about what age when, but even even when we were uh, like rehearsing the movie, I said, "Doesn't it make more sense that they would have said um, when they're thirty if they don't? Because then we can play thirty. And it seems like the conversation when you're in college would have been." Hey, if we're not married by 30. And Julia turned to me and she said, It's 28. It remains 28 to this day. Um, so that's why, that's why I'm good on the numbers. I, I'm glad you asked. Uh, All right, that makes sense. That makes we sense. said 28. Say, uh, <laughs> excuse me. Sir. We're not going to be 30 uh, in this movie. That's a great no year. Way. <laughs> no, motherfucker. <laughs> it's the 90s of Julia uh, okay. Roberts. Okay. Well, that's that's all I got, man. No, Do you have anything? I have one. You should ask people where they can find you and follow, but <laughs> what's that? Oh, no, it was the week after. Were you there when I lost that ball on the on the eighth hole? Oh, yeah, fuck, I don't know where your ball? drive went. That was wild. 
<laughs> Perfect drive on this dog leg right. We're all just celebrating how beautiful the shot was. We get there and he's looking for the ball Which for I like never 15 do. minutes. I don't care. Except and it's like refined. It was just that. Oh, I had just the line. And uh, it's so perfect. You had to find it. There's nothing like losing a ball yeah. that was a perfect shot. Because then you're like, you have so yeah. many goddamn questions. Yeah. Hey, and you want the satisfaction of seeing where it landed. Isn't that the synopsis of Angels in the Outfield? Wasn't there something about that ball or the thing? If it's flying or is it you lose it or something? I don't know, <laughs> I don't know anything about that. Like I don't know about that. I don't know if you lose it. Yeah. They had some magic on that, too. Uh, I appreciate the pullback. Oh, <laughs> it is coincidentally the same hole where I said it's angels in the outfield. Okay. I hit uh, mine into the bushes and he hit a perfect drive. Hit a perfect the drive. angels saved mine exactly. and they stole his, I guess. Uh, oh, man. <laughs> thank you so, so you were in the movie. I Fuck can't thank you enough. Uh, Rod, just to even get to meet you and enjoy that afternoon, we'll do it again. But uh, to have me on the day, I really appreciate it. Appreciate I appreciate you, you coming, man. Yeah, Thanks for thank giving us your time. Not at all. This is dope. And make enjoy sure you link or you send uh, what have you a link so I can uh, uh, so I can follow you guys and enjoy what you do because this was a blast for me today. Absolutely, appreciate will you. do. Yes, sir. Have a good have rest a good of one. finding yeah, out who won the election. Peace, guys. <laughs> have a good one. Thanks so all much. All right, man. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.